2730 calling. Radio 9000, 9000. Officer in trouble. Trouble? When you got the biggest ripoff of the decade in the murder Police. capital of the world, you've got more than trouble. You've got disaster. that spells trouble. Well, I met this lady and I told her quite a story Said I love her forevermore But the trouble is I tell the same old story To every girl that walks through the door Get ready for another podcast from Parts Unknown. It's Anthony Lewis here with Aaron De La Osa. How are you doing? What's up, man? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm doing all right. We, uh... <laughs> I really thought we'd be doing gonna... all right after the movie we got to watch. You better be doing more than all right. Uh, I thought we were getting a different movie than what we got. To be honest with you. Oh man. my god, I loved it. I got it. Okay, spoiler alert, but I'm sure we'll get into it here in a couple minutes. But yeah, it was. I was very pleased. Uh, we, we, we took some. There was uh, some time off. We didn't get a regular podcast going uh, last week. Slow news week. God, it was really slow. I mean, we're, we'll probably have enough stuff to talk about. Uh, a few of us have seen Jurassic World, I believe, enough for a discussion about that film. And uh, E3 happened. Uh, there's probably a couple of other things that. Uh, uh, yeah, a, a big bomb to drop. Kit Harrington was spotted in Belfast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We can talk about uh, some Game of Thrones. So I was trying to think of something that Glenn could join in on the conversation with, but uh, he has famously never watched Game of Thrones uh, for. I can't remember why he said he doesn't watch the show. Oh, I think he wants Is it to David be David Boreanaz hasn't been in it yet. Yeah, he wants it to be like the one show that he didn't watch that everybody thinks he should watch. Um, I, I don't think you can artificially do that. I think you have to sort of like haphazardly walk into that. Like, I, I don't think you can design like a situation where there's like a movie or a show like, I'm just not going to watch it because everyone thinks I should watch it. Uh, for me, it's always been something where it's like it's a show I've heard about, but I've never given much thought to watching or a movie or some shit like that. And then when I finally get around to watching it, then right. people are like, oh, I fucking told you so. Uh, nobody, however, has said that. That's about how it was about Avatar. For years, I refused to watch it. And then one, uh, one rainy late night in, in London, drunk off our balls. You guys sat down and watched it? We watched it? Avatar. Did you? Well, it was on. It was. Like two o'clock in the morning, he's like, hey, fucking Avatar. 
I saw I saw that movie in 3D. Uh, it is the only movie I've ever seen in 3D, and it was also not bad in 3D. But mine might have been 1D uh, <laughs> because we we went down to the bodega after the bars closed down and wrangled up a few brews and uh, trotted back up to our hotel room there. Was it so even it a wide? Was, was it even a like a? Night. Was it even a widescreen television? Do they have like one of those old four by threes still in there? Uh, no, dude. No, it, it, it was posh, man. Flat screen. Oh, it was beautiful. Nice. Uh, Very thin. No, nothing of the sort. I love you, London. Can be said uh, for the movie that Allflix and its Netflix gen- random generator uh, drew for us uh, for this particular episode, the nineteen seventy three. Quick question: How many stars did, did it? Did How many stars did it say you would give it? Uh, two. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, the 1973 crime drama action film Detroit 9000. Uh, so here's I'm going to f- go ahead and call it classic. Here's the uh, here's the here's the first thing that that bugged me. And, and, and granted, I do not have <laughs> a long history of of black exploitation film viewing in my in my past. Uh, You're so from I, Michigan. I mean, the fact that you don't <laughs> is ludicrous. The uh, like the the first one I ever planned to watch was Black Dynamite, but from what I gather, that's more of a spoof of black exploitation movies, maybe. Yeah, uh, but it's not really all that far off from actual black exploitation. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, this movie was. I mean, especially after watching Detroit Nine Thousand, I know right away you're like, oh shit! Like Black Dynamite wasn't a spoof; it was just a a black exploitation movie, and it was great. Yeah, Detroit Detroit 9000 was marketed at first as a black exploitation movie, but I th- there's definitely elements I def- there's definitely elements of it in this movie, but <laughs> like like I really don't think it is though from top to bottom. Like I really think it's more of a like dead serious, you know, crime drama film. Like I I don't think it's there's definitely black exploitation. Oh, I don't know, man. It, but the two black homeless guys in the beginning talking about how the rich people are just keeping them down. Then they start cackling as they're drinking booze. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is uh, the out of bottles guy, under yeah. paper bags. Yeah. I mean, there's the pimp hat guy too, but, um, all, it, all, all the robbers in the beginning all had white masks for an all black fundraiser. Yes. Like, and there was a woman singing a soul song as they were being robbed. Like yes. the, the band from the Titanic, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, but ultimately I think the gang was like multiracial though. Wasn't it like it wasn't all black or all white people. I think there was, that was the twist. That's yeah. how they hooked you. That's the twist. They're like, Oh, the, the, the white people watching this movie are racist. Cause they thought it was all black guys and the black uh, and the black people watching it, uh, or all I thought it was all white guys, so they're all everybody's racist because it was a mixed group. Yes, it's like at the end, like uh, the detective. Uh, at the end of the day, Martin Luther uh, King Jr. He, he, he was just very knowingly like, "Yeah, everybody's racist." Yeah, he was Evan, right. Everybody's just an asshole. Yeah, that's right. That that was a great line. Assholes are just assholes. Uh, at the yeah, at the end. Do you want to take everybody through the plot uh, so they can see if they want to watch it, and we'll, we'll just pepper in what we thought uh, as we go through? Because I, I I made running notes. I mean, there's not a lot to say plot <laughs> no. wise. the the movie the the movie starts right with a with a big fundraiser for uh, yeah. God. I can't remember his name. He's the politician. He was gonna. He was running for governor of Michigan. Uh, why the fuck anybody would actually oh, want? Oh God, that. what was his name? Uh, Hale. No, uh, Clayton. Yeah, it was it was Hale Clayton. I think. Hail oh my God, Clayton. Hail Clayton. Jesus. Wow. Okay. Hail There's another layer of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey. Oh, it was it was Aubrey Hail Clayton. 
Ah, oh, son of a bitch. That's what it was. Uh, <laughs> what was the name of the foundation? It, it was some long acronym, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, oh my god. They so they're doing a they're doing a fundraiser for this guy, and they are then <laughs> held up by uh, a gang of of masked uh, miscreants or whatever the fuck you want to call them, thugs, masked thugs. This is a black exploitation movie, right? We can we can use that language. Uh, there was um, so there was this hold up, and they take all of the fundraiser money. And uh, basically, two Detroit PD officers sort of team up to uh, two detectives sort of team up to try to hunt them down. One is uh, Jesse Williams, who is played by Harry Rhodes, and the other is uh, Danny Bassett, who is played by Alex Rocco, who uh, for those of you who uh, I I actually recognized him from his voice. I'd never seen his face before, but I heard the voice. I'm like, holy shit, that guy sounds familiar. Uh, and that's because he did a voice on The Simpsons, a recurring character on The Simpsons. He was the uh, the guy who was the head of the uh, Itchy and Scratchy cartoon. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, uh, the guy who was in charge of the place that made Itchy, the Itchy and Scratchy cartoons. And he was in like a handful of episodes in the in the first few seasons of the show. Uh, but yeah, his voice sounded really fucking familiar to me. And then it just it. Uh, the bell. He was Diamond in uh, say Valentine's Day Massacre, or uh, Mo Green in The Godfather. Yeah, he's been on a lot of shit, has Alex Rocco. He's been fucking everywhere. Uh, and Scatman Carruthers was in this movie as well, who's also had... Uh, he had With a- hair. That was so weird to see. Yeah. Uh, he had a long and storied career, too, before his death. He, uh, I think his last role was voicing... Uh, God, what was one of the Transformers for the 1986 movie. Uh, like Soundwave or something like jazz? that. Jazz? Jazz, yeah. Oh, it yeah. might have been Soundwave, you're right. I think it uh, was... But probably best known as uh, from the, the Shining. I forget who... What was the character's name in The Shining? I, I, I couldn't tell you. I've never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I've got an You've umbrella. never seen The Shining? Yeah, never watched it. How have you never watched The Shining? Eh, I don't know. What to, it's apparently what he's best known for. Wow. As well. Yeah, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest as well. He was He was famous for. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I'm sorry. I I brought out the umbrella, waiting for the hate to rain down. I really didn't want to say anything when you mentioned uh, the Shining, and just the most I know about the Shining is also so that's why you, that's why you didn't mention it. <laughs> that's, that is correct. Um, but basically, from there, it's a, a lot of what you'd expect. There's uh, a lot of racism, sexism, stereotypes, shootouts, chases, and then eventually they either capture or kill all of the people involved in the raid. And then I believe there's like a, a man at the top of the pyramid who sort of indicates that the, the, the would be governor was also in on the plot. Perhaps I think did did they indicate that he was involved in it, that he was like, yes, trying to steal the money. For yeah, they did. Something? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and Bassett and Bassett dies in the line of duty. And, uh, at the, uh, at the end, but, uh, but they leave that open because, like, yes. it turns out Bassett was either you know a, a bad cop or or a good cop. Yeah, and and that's that's like they leave it wide the fuck open. There's no resolution. Like it turns out, you know, Bassett was was like really like you know the guy pulling the strings in the end. Mm-hmm. But there's two conflicting arguments. Like somebody's saying like, no, he was really working undercover to burn the, to take these punks down, yeah. and then uh, other people are like, nah, he was just a crooked asshole, you know. And mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, he just dies, and you don't know how it happened. And his partner is just like everybody's an asshole, and that's just it. Like it just pans away, yep. and he's just standing out in the cold, uh, thinking about this shit. Like they don't tell us like. 
<laughs> like through the whole movie. Like I was like, oh shit, is Bassett bad or not? And then it just stops. Uh, <laughs> we don't know. You know, it's a it's a 1973 cult classic film, so there is a, there is some boobies in it. Um, I think there's like a lesbian scene in this movie as well, which sort of yeah, blew my mind. Yeah, and then it turns into a lesbian catfight because the, yes. the one lesbian was cheating on the other one. Yeah, and then he didn't and, give a fuck as a police officer. He's like, oh, looks like it's getting violent over there. And they just forget about yeah, it. Yeah, like he's like rubbing it. He's like rubbing his chest. He's like really staring at this shit. And oh, then, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Bassett comes in and he, he's watching it too. They're just hanging out watching this stuff go down. It's like a lot of great entertainment going on across the street. It's like, but it doesn't beat TV reruns. You know, and, and from the looks <laughs> of that, they were more than like four floors up so the fact that they could spot that license plate yeah. from that far away is amazing like, i wish i was alive there are pure super cops in detroit uh, as evidenced uh, today by axel foley i wish i was alive at, at this time because uh the the sheer <laughs> number of white police officers who use the term honky had me rolling on the floor with laughter it like, was, I was goddamn funny like i really wish i was alive back then so i would so i could know if this was like just a thing they put in these kinds of movies or if people really did use that word all the time because they just like free roam use it and not in like, you know, not in like a, a sarcastic way, like the honkies. They just fucking said it like it's a, a natural term that they throw around left and right. Uh, I was just, I was, right. and it, it really busted me up because the first time I heard it, it came out of the mouth of like a really old white guy. Uh, it was like a police. Yep. It's like, uh, is this, a, is this a, uh, the, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. I, I didn't really have... Like, I think he said, is this a honky caper? Like, yeah, is what yes! you were getting at. He said honky caper. And it, that, oh, my God. I laughed I wrote loud. that down and highlighted it. <laughs> That's another word they fucking used a lot. Caper. Like, it's the 1930s caper. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to find out who then, was behind uh, the, the political caper. Yeah. I think was... Williams said... Uh, Williams accused Bassett of having a Motown allergy at, at some point during the film also. <laughs> yes. It was just so great. It was the fucking, it was the best fucking movie. And the the part that we're failing to mention is that during the robbery, none of the robbers spoke so that, you know, as to not, uh, you know, if you could glean glean anything about their race through voice, even though they're masked, you know, they, no one spoke during the robbery. So they played uh, a cassette tape of instructions over a loudspeaker, you know, uh, for people to know what to do, and it was the whitest fucking voice. I mean, oh, yes. I, I sound like I'm obviously a very white fella, but this voice <laughs> yes. was beyond Caucasian. I Everyone, mean, get on your knees, and... stay yes. cool. There are there are men in white coats. You could with tell guns. the guy was a dad too, because he sounded kind of condescending when he was talking to you, like you're a three year old. He did say "stay cool" an awful lot as well. Stay cool, stay cool, everyone. Well, Tony, you have to get on on everybody's level. Oh, so of course, come you forward. have to say, yeah. "Stay cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they wouldn't understand you if you didn't say that. You have to use the no, you have to use the hip not. jargon. Yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> the only way it could have sounded any whiter if it was one of those dudes with a fucking like if it was uh, Thurston Howell the Third or some shit from. Uh, <laughs> from the only way it could have sounded whiter is that Mel Gibson was screaming the words into fucking one of the Duck Dynasty's guys asshole, That's and it right. was coming out of his mouth like a megaphone of douche. That's right. Stay That's cool. The only way that statement could have been whiter. Yeah. Stay cool, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I think that would have been worse. Um, but yeah, there was a. I'm thinking now, like there's a movie someone's got to make. It's like a a human uh, centipede deal, but with Mel Gibson and a couple of the Duck Dynasty guys. Uh, do, do you have anything that I'm stands really out? Really curious to see that. Uh, do you have anything that really stands out for you, or, or moments that you thoroughly uh, enjoyed? 
Oh yeah, I, 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 another one I highlighted did, just like we talked about earlier was the uh, the lesbian fight scene that these two guys are just watching and they're like rubbing, it, they're you know just kind of just hanging out, just watching this shit. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. Like and these these women, their windows are wide open. Oh I mean, yeah, there's no shades at all. Shit, and, no. Yeah, and these dudes like there's a bright light shining right on them coming to the window, so they're clear as fucking day where these dudes are, <laughs> and they don't care that they're, they're just doing you know what they do. Oh my god! I thought that was really interesting, but like at the at the end, like uh, the one Jesse Williams's uh, his 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 buddy, uh, the other black detective. Like, I can't forget the guy's name, but he always Fergie? said solid. Like, that was his yeah. one response. Yeah, was yeah. it was it Ferg? Faux show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or for sure, yeah. But the shootout he had uh, at the end of the movie in the cemetery was awesome because after he killed like four dudes, the grin that guy got was priceless. That's right. Uh, I mean, there there were no there were no clear shining stars in this movie. It was very much an ensemble piece. But at the end, like you know, it just stops, and we don't know if Bassett was bad. That's the one fucking thing. It's yeah. like, oh, I, I I see what you're doing here, Detroit Nine Thousand. You're trying to trying to make me feel bad, you know, for thinking he's good or bad either way. I get it, but fuck, just tell me what's going on. They um the the production of this film was was interesting. Uh, I'm I'm shot I'm, in Detroit too. Can you believe it? Oh yeah, it didn't no, look like it at all. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, it, it looked it looked awful. Uh, you know, less awful. It tells it me Detroit now. hasn't changed very much. Because no, you know, it hasn't. That really was depressing. Yeah, that was really depressing. <laughs> I mean, there's there's some like monuments and some landmarks in the in the film that no longer exist. But by and large, right. the city looks like crap in this movie. <laughs> it still doesn't look very yeah. good. The tigers were still okay. The lions were terrible. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, all was right with the world. <laughs> the um. Uh, the production though was just uh, uh, amazing. The 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 voiceover stuff because clearly like some areas were were way too loud to pick up the oh yeah. the audio. So they they did some I I don't know what they called it back then, but you know Over, like the overdubbing yeah overdubbing the voice replacement yeah it was so awful. Uh, there were a couple of scenes. There was one scene in particular, uh, maybe uh, three quarters of the way to the end of the film. I think uh, where it, it's clear, like they had recorded a line, like they felt like they needed a line or something. Uh, but this was like, I don't know, maybe three months after they had finished filming and they decided to go in and re-record this line. And it sounded so out of place. It didn't, it, it sounded like they weren't even using the same recording uh, equipment to record this one line of dialogue. Uh, outside of that, there was just, Tons and tons of – because uh, uh, I listen to this with my headphones on. There are tons and tons of instances where you can r- clearly hear the line they recorded and then it cuts out and then another line comes in uh, where you've kind of got like that background kind of staticky sound and it just all, cuts all the, out. Yeah, all, all the background back static fades out and it's, it's the yes. clearest and cleanest line ever. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, no, I liked it. Like personally, next to uh, – oh, was that movie Go? The Bollywood movie? Yes. This might be the best movie we had to watch yet. I, I loved it from from the get go. Like from those two <laughs> guys in the beginning who were like the old men from the Muppets, where they're like, "Yeah, it's just the rich fellas keeping us poor people down," and they <laughs> they're cackling around it, an honest to god barrel that's on fire. Yes, in the street. The uh, the squibs <laughs> the squibs were hilarious because what they used for blood. I'm, oh my god! I'm Every gunshot sure looked paint. like a fucking can. Oh yeah, yes. it was fucking awesome. I'm relatively <laughs> sure they used fire engine red paint for blood. 
Uh, and the de- well, some I of the mean, bright red shows up better on film, Tony. That's that's right. That's right. Uh, and and it, and it was dark a lot of the time, so you've really got to make that shit show. Uh, but yeah, man, it yep. was some of the death scenes were great. Like the uh, um, like near the end, they're on a boat, and there's a guy that he shoots at the top of the steps, and it's just a close up of him going, Ugh! and then they cut away, and then like the body falls like a, two or three seconds later. Uh, just it was really so horrible. long of a delay. <laughs> yes, just some horrible editing. Uh, it should come as no surprise to anybody as a as a bit of trivia that. Quentin Tarantino loves this movie. Uh, it was sort of rediscovered by him, and he got Miramax to re-release it in uh, 1999. And uh, he loved this movie so much that there is a... Uh, I don't know if there's a video clip of it, but at least a, an audio clip of it is used during Jackie Brown. Uh, I'm looking oh, at the... Yeah, I'm looking at the IMDB page right now. Uh, and he... Because for a while, uh, he had... Uh, Tarantino had his own... Uh, distribution thing called Rolling Thunder Pictures, and the f- the the poster they have on IMDb is the Detroit Nine Thousand poster encompassed by a Quentin Tarantino's Rolling Thunder Productions uh, outline. Yeah, they re-released so it, and uh, boy, they got they made one point two million just off of a mm-hmm. off a video from that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, cool. It's, well, the initial box office was a shade under thirty two hundred dollars. Holy shit! Uh, I, I will give you this, Aaron. I will give you this. I, I hope I hope uh, Harry Rose and Alex Rocco owned a back uh, owned a piece of the back end on that shit. <laughs> I hope like we want uh, <laughs> we we want a piece of the distribution pie, and then when the box office that'd be, rolls a, in that'd be a nice check just for them to wake up to one day. It's like holy shit, what, what's what this? The, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I will give. I liked it. I really did like this movie. I really enjoyed it. I will I will give you this. Uh, it has been infinitely more fun to talk about this movie with you than it was to watch the movie by myself. Uh, I did not. Oh, how dare you? Well, it, but... clearly we just have to like Skype next time. We have to watch one of these. Yeah, it might have more fun. Perhaps. That'll be what we do. Let's Skype. Let's Skype it and record it, and then we'll upload it. That way, if people want to watch uh, along with us, in essence, yeah. they can do so. It was kind of yeah, because it was kind of sad just sitting here watching it by myself. I like I. I think I was expecting something more along the lines of uh, like a way over the top, uh, you know, and this wasn't that over the top. I mean, some, I mean, some of the acting was horrible and some of the, <laughs> the audio. I, I suggest you go watch hell up in Harlem. If you want over the top and you will just be blown away. Yeah. I mean, for some reason I heard, I saw the title Detroit 9,000. I'm like, this is going to be way over the top and fucking awesome. And it turns out just, you know, 9,000 is just a code for officer in trouble or something like that. Uh, I was like thoroughly yeah. let down. I was just like, oh, uh, if it's any uh, encouragement for you at all, uh, Hell Up in Harlem stars Fred Williamson. <laughs> uh, the, you know uh, what I'm talking about? Yeah, we're going to have to. Uh, well, is that on? Is that on Netflix? Can I go watch it? Or? Oh, God, I hope so. Oh, let it be on Netflix. Let's just watch that. Because <laughs> uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Will it, will it say? Will it say if it's up? On on Netflix, I think if we just Google that in Netflix, like it should give you that. That came out the same. That came out the same year. Isn't that's like a same year movie too, right? (laughs) Yes, it is seventy three. Like the exact same year. Holy shit! The exact same year. Yeah. Um. Good lord. Yeah, he's in. Um. Yeah, I think it's on Netflix. Fred Williamson was. Um. Fuck. He was in. Well, no, he was. 
He was in like the uh, the original like the, the Mash movie, the not the TV show. Yep, he was in the nope, Mash the movie. movie. Um, but I don't know if I really know him from anything else. Okay, uh, have you ever seen From Dust Till Dawn? I, I have it in my. I had it in my queue. I don't know if it's still on Netflix. I had it in my Netflix queue. <laughs> Okay, you, I'm, I'm opening like my the, umbrella. I'm opening my umbrella. The the, the giant black guy in there, like, the, the, he's kind of in his fifties. Uh, he was like just like punching vampires' heads off and shit. Two years, mustache. Uh, two years after Hell Up in Harlem, he did a film called Boss N Word. Uh, so there you go. That was 1975. Oh yeah, the, the soundtrack to that to that movie is amazing because they actually the, sing the title. Uh, yeah, they, they sing the title and there's like, there's a boss up in here. Like it, it's an amazing song because they don't shy away from the word whatsoever. They repeat the title to that film in the opening credits. <laughs> oh God. At least 15 times. I mean, it it's hysterical. The, it was in the not Tarantino version of Inglorious Bastards in 1978. Um, I'm trying to, trying to find. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, anyone just Google Fred Williamson. Like as soon yeah. as you see his face, you'd be like, oh shit. Okay. That's yeah. who it is. He's still doing work too. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a, a bunch of shit here. That's in pre and post production and still filming. And yeah, he's doing all sorts of seven, shit. Seven is still going hard, man. Good for him. I mean, none of these movies I'm probably going to ever see in my entire life, but, uh, uh, you don't know that if we keep this randomizer shit up for long enough. <laughs> Quite possibly. IMDB, by the way, is saying that he is best known for his appearance in the Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, Starsky, and Hotch film. Uh, oh, he was the captain in that shit. That's is that, right. Is that a disappointment to you that he's best known for these? <sighs> yeah, Starsky? that really is. I mean, that probably is the movie that's got more... Um, more people have seen, I'm sure, but well, hopefully we change people's opinions with Hell Up in Harlem and Boss. Uh, you know, just go to just go to his IMDb. You guys can see for yourself. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna. Uh, you never know. Yeah, he, dude, he's done about a thousand movies. Holy shit! By the way, I still think Snowpiercer was the better film, but uh, this was definitely better than a lot of than Detroit Nine Thousand. No, absolutely not. No we're, way. Gonna to, we're gonna have to agree to disagree. I, I had, I don't know. I had, I had a lot of fun talking about it, but I had. Almost no fun watching it at all, uh, but I think that's just because like you really said, you didn't start giggling your balls off at that when they started getting robbed and like that when they robbed the war chest, which was just a white basket they were all throwing handfuls of cash into. The war uh, chest. and that lady and that lady just starts singing again, and like nobody puts a gun on her; they just walk around was like a little whatever. Strange, let this, right? Let, right? let this bitch sing. Oh, no. it was hilarious. I mean, I laughed my fucking tits off throughout this entire movie. No, I mean, I mean, I laughed my ass off at the phrase "honky caper," but that's about it. Uh, like I was really holding in just, I don't think things. honky caper would ever not be funny. Right. Um, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Two words to put together. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I really like Motown allergy too. I, I, I haven't stopped accusing people of having Motown allergies I since I've watched that allergy. I mean, you'll probably get it if you go to Detroit anyway, these days, I think that's still something you can actually get is a Motown, a Motown allergy. allergy. Yeah. I think that that's only if you eat it like Chev's chili. Yeah, something like that. Um, I, I think that's a wrap. Slathered on the wall in that joint. We managed to push it 25 minutes, which is more than either of us thought this was going to go. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't want to push our luck any further. We, we've got a good thing going here. Uh, Aaron and I will be back next week, hopefully with more people than just Aaron and I. We can get Aurora in on this, or we can force Glenn to watch a movie from time to time. Uh 
Ben, yeah, seriously. Somebody, somebody did, somebody did ask. Uh, I believe once why Ben has never done one of these, and I think it has more to do with the fact that the he gets a different uh, library of films in the UK. the The UK Netflix yeah. is not exactly the same as the US Netflix. So uh, the fact that right. Ben in Manchester does not have Detroit Nine Thousand on his Netflix catalog does not really surprise me all that much. Um, just like I I'm think sure if anyone would ton. enjoy it, it would be Ben because he could probably give us a better insight to how exactly you know the the criminal justice system works. That's see, right. You know if their tactics in this film are accurate or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut it off of the balls here. I believe somebody said something about getting their balls chopped off in this movie as well. Uh, yeah, oops. yeah. There was a lot of ball talk in this film too. Lots of balls and, and swears. Man, a lot of dude like. Yeah, Jesus, they were like so harsh. Like out of left field, they would they would someone would just say something so fucked up. It's like, man, that is that's over a line, sir. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Uh, out of nowhere. No wonder why this film only made thirty two hundred bucks. Oh shit! This this film made more. Uh, can I say this though? Uh, Netflix th- Net- Netflix thought I would give it four stars. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. And did you? Fuck yes, I did. <laughs> Yeah, it said uh, two stars for me, and that's actually what I ended up giving it. <laughs> but I had more fun watching. You didn't even you didn't even just go like ah, it was okay. Isn't that isn't three stars just okay, or is that yeah, two? Yeah, you know what, three stars would have been okay. Maybe I'll go back and give it three stars. The, this conversation has definitely bumped it up a star. I do. Uh, I'll have I'll have better memories of the film now uh, post conversation. Uh, all right, so for Aaron DeLosa, I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll be back next week from Parts Unknown. Oh, wait, what about Bassett? Just fucking hookers left and right, too. Sorry. Okay, go ahead and end it. For more content like Who Made Who, Level Your Gear, The Gotham Podcast, Flashing Arrow Podcast, and the new Horribly Flawed and Incredibly Decisive Podcast, visit cinemageekly.com slash premium and part with just $12. That's 12 bucks for a year's worth of awesome content. What else could you buy for $12 that will last all year and give you hours of geeky entertainment?